what's up? How are you? I'm glad that we do these weekly calls because they're just so therapeutic. I feel so much better after we talk. You know, I thought we could talk about something today that we don't talk much about. And it's looking for love in all the wrong places. Think about all these young girls who are striving to be someone based on what they see on social media or what they see in these music videos. The ones who are chasing a dream, chasing stardom, wanting to be famous because they feel in having that they will be validated or loved or seen. And how when we chase all that glitter, we realize that it doesn't really shine. What's really out there is quite dull and dark. How it brings you into these places where drugs and alcohol affect the way you think and you get swirled into these environments where your acceptance is based on what you look like, how thin you are, how many drugs you can do to keep up at the party, how much alcohol you can drink, and then you end up just giving yourself away, forgetting that you are sacred and that your body is a temple, and it creates so much havoc in the body in the nervous system, in the mind, because it can become a repetitive pattern. These young girls chasing something that is never going to truly accept them for who they are. Wearing masks, creating identities that cover up who you truly are. I think it's so important to be who we never had. Like, I I wish I had a me. I wish I would have had a mentor, an older sister, someone that I could turn to and talk to about what I was doing because I was so lost. And I definitely was looking for love in all the wrong places. I was mad at my parents. I was mad for the way I was raised. I was mad for never pursuing the things I really wanted to do and be. I felt accepted in in my industry. I felt like this was a place I needed to be. This was it. I needed to be this hotshot girl and The more masculine I behaved, the more I could run with the big boys and the more I could show off and be this facade, the more that people would accept me. And I was looking for acceptance from people who didn't even know themselves. And I just wish I would have had a me. Someone to talk to. Someone to guide me. 
someone to tell me that I was enough. Someone to remind me that I was perfect just the way that I was. But instead, I had such a thwarted perception of what it was to be good and whole exactly the way I was. But my environments were huge contributors to that. I came from a home where my parents divorced at five. My mom was dealing with her own not enoughness and being a single mom. My dad wasn't present. I had a boyfriend at a very young age and his family dynamic was far from normal, if there even is a normal. (laughs) And I just didn't understand. I didn't know any better. My, My surroundings were amongst women who validated themselves based on how many men they slept with how many men they could meet that had money what nice cars they could drive where they could get their nails done what handbags they could purchase what shoes they could buy and I never understood it I never even liked it it wasn't my thing I was happy going to the thrift shop and getting a pair of really cool bell bottoms. I wanted to sing and dance and act. I wanted to go to the School of Performing Arts. But that's not the way that things worked out for me. My mom was too afraid to let me go or let me be free. She was afraid of who I'd become. So instead, I was forced to go to a school that was near my home, two train stops away, and that exposed me to a whole different life of abuse and violence. My schools were full of gangs and guns and alcohol and drugs. I mean, I can remember on my 14th birthday, maybe it was 15, spending the day in the park drinking out of a bottle of Bacardi, smoking some weed, that's how we celebrated, and rushing home because I had to be at a retreat that weekend, a youth's retreat, and then crying my eyes out because I knew that I felt such a connection to spirit, such a connection to the Holy Spirit and to myself when I was in a spiritual practice, when I was amongst other spiritualists in community. But that weekend would come and go and I'd be back at school in my environment, unmanaged. You know, I always knew, and I bet you always knew, that there was more for you, and that this couldn't be it. But I didn't know what that meant. 
I thought money was going to be the answer. So I chased all of these jobs where I could make more money. How can I make more money? What does it look like? My mother would say, you need to go to the city and meet a guy that works in finance or meet a doctor. So I thought that that's what I had to do. And by the time I was 17 years old, after having been working for three years already, I ended up landing a job for a nightlife promoter. And my whole world changed. I worked my ass off. I was making money. I was exposed to the entertainment industry, VIP, bottle service, hosting celebrities. Amongst all this money, that was what I wanted. That was going to be it. That was going to make me happy. But all that did was expose me to a whole world that I definitely was not ready for. I was doing things unconsciously, giving myself away, abandoning myself because I didn't know any better. I felt so unloved, so alone, so unseen. And everyone I was around was exactly the same. So we were all so innocently acting out what we had been taught, what were in our environments, in our communities, in our society. And this repetitive cycle of womanizing, watching men who didn't have legal jobs, instead they had a hustle. They worked in the street. This was normal to us. This is what we were striving to be around because the badder, the better. More money. This is going to show us that we are important and have the power. And even as I got older, I can remember thinking, this isn't me. This doesn't feel right. I don't want to be around this. Now, being of mixed uh, ethnicity, I always had a hard time fitting in, or I never fit in. I was always too white for the Spanish kids and too Spanish for the white kids. I constantly had to change who I was, speak differently, hide what I enjoyed because I had this really uh, good way of becoming a chameleon, wanting to be liked and really good at it. I was able to connect with so many different types of people 
I could always see the good. Which to my own demise led to a lot of heartbreak. A lot of disappointments. Because unfortunately, the lessons were for me. And at the time, these people were some of my greatest teachers. I was going through life like an alchemist. Just being shown away by different angels and guys that would show up in my life whenever I was about to crash and burn where I could have really, really hurt myself. I'm actually lucky to be alive. So many things took place in my life where I could have lost my life in a second. Did I ever mention I was almost kidnapped at 12? My neighborhood wasn't the safest, so I, uh, I had to be careful. Like, we have to, you know, even in this day and age. But growing up the way I did gave me street smarts. It was a school of life. You had to be tough. You had to have heart. And by having heart, that meant you had to not feel anything. Become hard. Cold even. Because this is what it required to grow up in New York City. True story. And I speak from experience because I'm a... New Yorker, true and true, born and raised. And although I had a lot of fun in my life, I had a lot of pain. And some of the things that were normal to me would be a survival story to someone else. Completely traumatic and something unheard of that they couldn't even fathom. And this was true for a lot of the people that I spent my time with. So for us, it was just our norm. It wasn't out of the ordinary. It's just the way it was. If a friend got caught and in trouble or selling drugs, he went to jail and You made sure you gave him a visit or you wrote him a letter because that's what you did for your homies. You made sure you checked in, let them know they weren't alone. You learned about the way different systems ran because it was part of your environment. You weren't blind to it. You could see it. But how many of us can see it and know that it's not who we are? It doesn't define us. And it doesn't have to be part of our story. I just wish I would have had a me to say, hey, 19-year-old, 21-year-old, 26-year-old, 
27-year-old Apollonia and Marie. What are you doing? Come hang out with me. Come learn this. I know it's all part of the journey. And this is what molds us. But fuck was it hard. I look at myself today and I just give myself so much gratitude. I bow down to myself because I can say, I did this. Look how far I've come. Look where I came from. The odds were against me. I didn't stand a chance. But I did. And I made it. And I'm thriving. Because I'm doing my life's work. And my life's work is so, so blissful. Giving me the opportunity to reveal all of the beauty and the light that is to be and live in this time. I think about my girlfriends today, the ones who never left, the ones who have yet to discover how amazing they are. How their story is just a story and not the truth. It's the past. And there's an opportunity to write a whole new book with new characters. And that there's a possibility out there outside of the one that they've been living in. Now, these are women in their 40s. But what about my women in their 30s and their 20s and their teens and these little girls? What are their examples? Who do they have to look up to? Who are their role models? It breaks my heart when I see that people who grew up like I did don't know that there's anything out there for them besides what they can currently see. And it's due to the lack of investment in cities and environments where we are not believed to be worthy and to have access to things that can support our betterment and our evolution. That's why I believe it's so important that we speak up, that we heal, and that we be responsible to show up and make the world a better place and lead by example. Because not everybody gets out alive. They don't understand what it is to live a whole new doesn't include things that are debilitating and painful 
where is the good with all that takes place in this experience that we call life there's a balance between the light and the dark and though we need this contrast right we need to be able to see both how can we work together supporting the work of the light supporting the good being kinder to one another speaking positive words respecting one another so that we can lead by example for the children of tomorrow for the young lady that has a dream to further her education or to see the world and travel outside of some music video where are the people who are responsible with the power in the media with the power in the government to shape this world to help heal this world I know that I didn't have a me but what I do know is that I do my best to show up for the younger versions of myself that I see. So who do you see yourself in when you're walking down the street, when you're in the store? Who can you be for someone else that you never had a chance to have? What are you willing to do or sacrifice in order to be a part of the change to make this world a better place? Who are you willing to piss off? What are you willing to risk? Is it worth it? I believe it is. And I also believe that there's a whole new shift in consciousness. And our children truly are the future. They are a lot smarter than we are. They're tapped in. And if we remember to constantly encourage them to dream, to play, to use their imagination where they have no limitations, then we have the opportunity to experience ourselves as part of that change, as part of the reason that the world is healed. Wouldn't that be a beautiful thing?
pie. So what do we have cooking for this week, huh? I guess we should just talk about the ugly. Show me your ugly. Show me your ugly is vulnerability. stop crying you start numbing until eventually you just forget what it's like to feel your heart becomes hard and it doesn't matter who you hurt because you don't really have any feelings but then one day you wake up you realize you don't want to live that way so hard so you decide to soften up a little bit and that requires apologies and facing who you've been looking in the mirror not giving yourself such a hard time for what you've done but really accepting it straight in the eye and making peace with it, embracing it, so you start living this nicer life where you become so soft that people just start stepping all over you, you forget what it's like to have a voice and stop defending yourself you let people say whatever they want and sometimes you use the excuse that maybe they just don't know or it's not worth it or they're never going to get it anyway but isn't that a disservice to not tell someone or share with someone talking you in a way that just isn't nice or when they talk to you in a way where you don't say anything because you get a reflection back of who you might have been at one time at one place with someone so you don't say anything but you let them get away with it actually enable them because they end up doing it again and again never learning their lesson there's got to be like that one time where you or someone says something because their behavior is not tolerated and it shouldn't be so when is the time to speak up When do they learn their lesson if you had to learn your lesson through trial and error, through heartbreaks, through falling on your face? Because what you thought was weak about your vulnerability is actually your strength and your greatest power. 
But you almost forget that feeling and feelings are normal. But your family didn't feel much. And you learn not to feel through that dynamic. So you have to start cracking away and chipping away at your heart so that you can open it back up because it's safe to feel. It's safe to love. It's safe to share. It's safe to be vulnerable and share your feelings, although even if you do, you might get mocked or ignored or rejected. being vulnerable and speaking your truth is where the true power lies so why would you run away from that I can remember being so angry being so jealous and possessive controlling with a former love because couldn't express my vulnerability. I was so scared to look weak. And I was so scared to lose this person that I would rather push them away, try to control them, obsess about what they were doing because I thought what they were doing was a reflection of how unimportant I was. That didn't feel like love. That didn't feel fun. Certainly didn't make me happy. But there I was, behaving this way over and over again. And not just through this particular circumstance but with all the other intimate relationships I had. But it wasn't until this one, until this last one, I could no longer hide in my shadow. This person wanted to see all my ugly. And despite how nasty I got, ugly I became they never ran away they actually challenged me to be expressive to communicate to be vulnerable to share to be raw in my expression so that they could understand me better even though they were not ready by any means to give me what I wanted or what I deserved. And although I grew so much and returned back to myself, the one love that I was looking for couldn't find it in my heart to walk away from the 
situation without wanting to put up a fight. And I don't mean a fight for the love. I mean a fight. I wanted to find a way to make the other person wrong. To judge them. To criticize them. For the things that they could not be for me. When in fact I needed to be all of the things I was looking for for myself. And I'm so grateful because I returned back to me. And I had to go through a lot of pain to remember that I'm all I need. That what I'm seeking is also seeking me. And it's not anywhere outside of myself. So after many attempts, in the end, I had to take my gloves off and forfeit the fight I was having with myself. I got so tired, actually exhausted, that I no longer wanted to play this game. And I had to ask myself, Why do we put ourselves through this? Why do we put ourselves in circumstances that are a reflection of who we have yet to heal? Believe me, I couldn't get it either. desire of something from people that could never give it to me when I wasn't even willing to give it to me. So I did some more healing, some more shadow work. I went deep into the dark. I kicked and I screamed. I cried. I tried to deny it a few times. Acceptance was all it was. Accept that this is what this is at the capacity that this is. And bow down to it for what it is. Take from this what you need to take from this. It doesn't make you any less, any less important, any less lovable any less likable or desirable, any less anything. It just is. So why has it been so hard to let go of past relationships in a healthy manner? And to accept what has been said to me and not make it about me. But accept the truth of someone's words. Accept their actions as a confirmation in comparison to their words. And stop making excuses for why the things
things are not the way I think they should be, but instead they just are. I laugh at some of the things I've done, some of the behaviors. I think about where those behaviors came from. Where did I learn them? Because they weren't mine. Where did I relate love to rejection? Or possessiveness? Or jealousy? When I, in fact, myself, can never have my wings clipped. I'm a butterfly and I need to fly. To be free. So, why would I ever try and take that away from someone else? Why was I so insecure? No matter how many things I did, I just still felt like the other person's decisions were about me not being chosen. Dug a little deeper. I went back to my childhood. And to those times where I wanted to know why I wasn't seen or chosen. So I dug even deeper. And I saw how my parents. best that they could with what they knew and how they were raised because they themselves never felt chosen they behaved in the ways from their insecurities in which I watched and learned and thought were okay I normalized ignoring emotions walking away from things and not sharing my feelings and shutting myself off and disappearing. But that's not really the way I want to live my life. I want to be of pure love and magic. I want to shed light where I go. I want to heal all my relationships. And I want to heal the lineage of my ancestors, my great-grandparents, my grandparents, and my parents. I want to heal for the future for my niece and nephew so that they too can normalize feeling and loving kindness and compassion and joy in their relationships. Normalizing vulnerability within your family dynamic. Accepting one another for who they are 
knowing that they have their own story and their own beliefs. But those stories and beliefs don't have to be the truth or the narrative. And how to change those stories and create new ones, healthy ones. So that when you heal your relationships, especially with your family, you can then welcome in that divine union and sacred partnership. Thank you.